I know that for some personalities and some lifestyles, and depending on what backgrounds you've come from, there is a tendency in us to kind of want to build our lives in sort of an architectural way, right? That's what we're comfortable with. And sometimes that comes all the way into our faith. And some of you relate to God, and you build your life around Jesus, and it looks kind of like Westtown Mall. You know, it, it, it looks very like a building, and everything's in place. But that's not the way that God designed us, obviously. And that's not the way he designed for our relationship to function. Our relationship with, to God is organic. It's a living, breathing, vibrant kind of a thing. And a natural part of an organic relationship with God is process of pruning. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this series. It's probably your least favorite part of what God has to do sometimes in seeing you grow. I know it is for me, but it's one of the most necessary parts. This year already, you know, because I've been in my house for like 20 years, and most of the things that are out in the yard, like in the landscaping and everything, have have been there for a while, so they've had time to grow up. And when they grow up and then they spread out. So I dig in, you know, early in the season and, you know, my daylilies and my hosta and uh, all these different irises and things. And I move them around and I plant them in different places. And I just use what I have because I like things that come up every year that I don't have to redo and that kind of thing. And it's, and it's, it's finally get to that place where it's pretty. Now, the first year, it was pretty. It looked good, but it was, everything was just small. You know, everything was small, and it was there and had lots of room, and it took more mulch, you know, to kind of just fill in that spot. Now, I don't need so much because the growth is happening, and so much that I have to move it. Now, I know you've heard guys like me, we personify everything, but what if you were a plant? How would that feel? You know, you'd think, ah, I'm so comfy right here, and I've been here my whole life since I was just a tiny seed or a little bulb. And now what are you doing? You know, you're moving me around, and it's necessary. It's necessary. Even last night, I, I planted this thing. I don't even know what it is. It looks like it's from some other habitable planet, but it, it, it looked cool in the picture, you know, because it was only like this big and had these little grassy things that shoot out, and I thought, wow, that is really cool, and this blossom, I thought, I don't know what that is, but I put it at the corner where the landscaping and the yard come together, and I can just barely get my mower through there right now. But it has grown, but it just grows like this. It just goes in every direction, and it's just huge, and it's covering up all the plants around it. So I had to get my shears and go out there and just give it a cut. Just go all the way around that thing and cut it back. It still looks kind of funky. You know, it doesn't look real great anymore. It's, it's become more of a nuisance. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I had to cut it back for, for the sake of that plant and for those around it. And just as a plant is a lot healthier after pruning and that process, and it's going to experience revitalized growth, it's the same with us. So many of the things that we see that happen in nature... You know, so many of those things mirror what God is doing in, in us spiritually. And if your Christian experience is at a place where growth has become maybe unhealthy at the moment, and God says, you know what, I'm going to have to 
to trim you. I'm going to have to thin this out. And this process, I'll tell you firsthand, I'll tell you from experience, it can be painful in the moment. But the outcome from that is divine and is beautiful. As a follower of Jesus, we see God's work in our life as something uh, where God always has his best in mind for us. And his glory is at stake. And you can't always see that at the time. And we've all thought that. You know, if you've got children or grandchildren or nephews or nieces, or maybe you are a child, and you think, I don't understand. You know, and some of the things that I would want to do or my parents would be upset about, and I would think, what is the problem? Now, as an adult, I look and think, okay, now I get it. Now I understand why it was not a good idea to put Billy in a wagon, in a red wagon on top of our garage with an umbrella and to push him off the edge. And, you know, he flew down the the garage and then hit the the shed that's built onto the garage. And the theory is, from watching Roadrunner cartoons and Mary Poppins and these kind you know, that the wagon would fall, he would pop that umbrella open, he would float gently to the ground. It was a beautiful plan. Just as we shove Billy off, my mother comes out and she's like, No, what are you doing? Nothing. What is the problem? Why are parents so uptight? You know, why? Why? Because we can't see. We can't see sometimes what God can see. And he can see forward and he can see back. There may be something, maybe more than one something, in in your life that God needs to prune. That he wants to cut back. And you're going to be reluctant because it's not an easy process. Jesus is the source of our life. And we have to be careful to remain connected to him in every way. Whether that has physical, emotional, mental, spiritually, especially all, the, all these consequences and ramifications of that. To grow deep roots that will sustain us through everything, anything, all the stuff that we face in life, we have to receive you know, and have this acceptance and this guidance and this love as a branch receives from a vine in the same way. We have to make a conscious decision. God, I'm going to embrace whatever pruning you want to do in my life. Now, it's one thing to look at something before you do it and think, okay, God, I'm ready for that. But it's in the midst of it, you think, why did I commit to this? And I'm calling you today. I'm I'm saying, you know what? I'm with you, but I think you have to embrace this. Now, I've written out a prayer, and I know last week I talked about the difference between just a spontaneous prayer and a written prayer. Um, it maybe is not the best, but sometimes, maybe you're at a point you think, I, I feel this, and I... I I'm, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what words to use. This may not be the sincerest thing you've ever said, but if you will be open to God working in your life and pruning your life, would you pray this prayer? I'm just going to pray it out loud in just a second. Now, if you don't want to pray it, you don't have to. 
There's no, nothing coercive about this. This is voluntary. If you think, you know what? No, I'm kind of scared of God right now. <laughs> and if I say this and I give him permission, who knows what he's going to do next? And I don't blame you because he's wild. And I don't know what he's going to do in your life. I know it'll be for your good. And I know it'll be expression of his love. And I know it'll take you deeper into Jesus and to the next place. But I cannot guarantee you it's going to be comfortable or that he's not going to hurt you a little bit in the process. If you want to, let's pray. Father, our deepest desire is to grow in our relationship with you. Please search out our hearts and know our minds and remove those things that cause us harm. May your activity in our lives help us to be faithful followers of Jesus. Lord, grow our roots deep into your love and give us a solid foundation for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. To frame our time today, I want to draw from the words of Jesus. This is when I was a college student and I had just begun reading Scripture a lot. This is a passage that I was drawn to again and again and again. I love the imagery. Also, I love the fact that it just, the metaphor of it made sense to me. And I thought, oh, this is what Christianity is like. Because in my mind, it was trying to be good, or it was guilt and shame and another layer of it. And I remember telling a friend of mine who was trying to get me to follow Jesus and want me to go to church. And I said, man, I feel so guilty already about so many things. I said, I've got so many boatloads of shame. I don't need to go to your church and for people to bring it up and say, yeah, thanks for coming. We would like to reinforce you know, all those negative feelings. He said, it's not about that. It's not, he said, it's, it's, it's God releasing all that in your life. And so this, this is a scripture, I think, that explains it just so well, so well. Um, it's in John chapter 15, and we'll just read the first five verses. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean. Some of you just need to say that to yourselves. <laughs> you just you need to find a place where you can go and just shout. You know, you just need to find a place where you can go, I am already clean. You can stop working trying to get clean because if you're in Jesus, you're already clean. Um, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, all of a sudden, this makes so much sense, right? I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can't do anything. I've got these vines uh, in these trees around the edge of, of my house. And I'm not sure exactly what they are. 
but they grow up and the, the, the stalk part gets real woody and it just, you know, it just chokes the tree. And it gets harder and harder to cut the thicker and longer they go. And on my walks that I take, sometimes you guys want to help me out. Sometimes I, I see these, this, these two pine trees that I walk by all the time. And um, I see that these vines have gotten up in those trees. Now, they're not my trees. They're not my pine trees at all. But I see them. And it just kind of hurts my heart, you know, to think, wow, these pine trees are getting choked out by those vines that keep coming up. Now, these are, these are some trees here today. Uh, you guys got to be, be trees. But don't do what I know. I, okay, that's good. I was so... Because uh, ahead of time, he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold it up, and you're not going to be able to reach. And I thought, that's funny. Okay, so... <laughs> mock your small pastor. Okay, so... What, what happens, and I do this all the time in my yard. I've got electric versions of these that make things go a lot faster. I'm not sure if God has a faster way. Sometimes he just might go, but you know, what, what I do, what I do is I have to, oh. Now, can you imagine if you're a plant, you're thinking, oh, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this. And I think, yeah, but you know what? These laurels go crazy. I've got these in my backyard. One of the mistakes I do is whenever I like something, and it puts out something I like, then I, I plant a lot of it. I have 12 knockout rose bushes in the front of my house. First few years, I just thought, they are so pretty. Now I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's like a horror movie. Uh, so I have to cut those things back already. It's just June, and I'm already cutting them back. And you know what? That is not such a bad thing, unless you're the laurel bush, unless... You're the knockout rose bush, right? Or, or, or anything else. Or those vines that are eventually so deadly to these other living things, I just have to cut them. I have to cut them back. Thank you, guys. You did such a great job. I think everybody gets it because of you. Thank you. <laughs> such an inspiration to me. Pruning. You know, and I've created this mess up here. God sometimes creates a mess in your life. And you've been so mad at him. And you've been so disappointed with him. Well, God, why didn't you do this? Or if you hadn't done that, if you had allowed this, if you had answered my prayer. Or Lord, you know, you especially, especially when you face the consequences for something you've done. Right? You think, Lord, I've repented. I'm sorry. You forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. <laughs> oh, good. Then I'm not going to get the speeding ticket or whatever it is, you know, that's probably more serious in your life. And God says, yeah, that's still going to happen. <laughs> but that's not fair. I had a friend with AIDS, and he had lived a really promiscuous lifestyle. And I'll never forget him lying on the couch. And in the final days of his life, I'd go over and visit him really often. And uh, we were holding, holding hands one day, and he was lying there. And I remember tears just filling up in that little space in his eyes and just running down his cheek. He was so weak that he could hardly lift his head. And he said, Dan, uh, and, he, and during that time, he came to Christ. That was one of the, one of the beautiful things that God did. But he, he, I'll never forget that afternoon when he said, I've killed myself, haven't I? I said, Johnny, I'm so sorry, but yeah, you have. And we can't undo, we can't undo that. But we can move forward from here. 
I don't know what God's doing in your life, and I don't know how he's pruned you or what he's allowed to happen. You can be clean and you can be forgiven for that, but you may face some other things. Or there may be some of those things that God says, before we let it get to this place, mm, mm, i got to cut you back. And you're going to hold on to something and go, no, not that. you know. And God's going to say, yeah, you've got to release this. You've got to release this. That's, that's what pruning does. God sees the bigger picture. And it's so hard. I get it. It's so hard you know, for a plant to lose a part of itself. But as a gardener, see the bigger picture. And you know something's got to be cut away. And it's needful. So that's what we're talking about this week is this, this other aspect of growth called pruning. Now pruning is defined as to trim a tree, shrub, or bush by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Like other places of our faith and in our journey, Pruning isn't always easy. I think it's probably one of the hardest parts where you think, oh, God, I'm just, I'm dying to this. You know, I'm, I'm understanding crucifixion, you know, of self at a deeper level as I, as, I go, as I go on. And I know this is necessary. But God's got a green thumb. Two things are communicated in the first verse of this chapter. First, Jesus makes it real clear. He's the vine. You see, sometimes you think you're the vine. <laughs> and, you know, we think, oh, Jesus is just a branch. He's just one area of my life. He's just one thing going on in my life. Jesus says, no, I'm the vine. I'm the vine. And he wants us, the listeners, to understand there's no life apart from him. Don't cut yourself off from Jesus. Don't cut yourself off out of disappointment, out of disillusionment, out of a hundred other reasons. You know, I remember being so mad at God and I was just really, I was young. And I thought, well, to get him back, I'm just going to ignore him. You know, I'll show God. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to go to church because I'm just kind of going to, you know, just passive aggressive spiritual (laughs) dating relationship with God. And I just think that God's like, that does not affect me at all, but it does affect you. It does affect you. You know, so whether you're pouting today spiritually or anger, whether you're open or whether you prayed that prayer and you think, God, I'm just ready to embrace this. Understand, there's no life apart from Jesus. And just as all the, these nutrients are needed uh, that we talked about last week and the week before, you know, for a plant to be able to to, to grow and for these roots to travel down deep and for all of that to come up through, you know, the, the trunk of, of the, the plant and the stem and, and go out to everywhere it needs to be. We need that. We, we, we need that for our life, for life to come to fullness, to come to fullness through Jesus. That's really incredibly important to think about when you're going through pruning or when you've opened yourself up for that. It's crucial to remember who is behind it all and that God always has a bigger picture. That's like the third or fourth time 
I've said that because there are times I think I've got the big picture. Do you ever do that? You think, Lord, I've given this a lot of thought, and I don't want you to go in any other direction. You know, you try to head him off because the Lord's like, I got this. I think I know what I'm going to do. Just trust me. And I go, no, 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 no. You don't just do, I've got, I'm just, will you just do what I want you to do this time? You ever pray like that? Lord, I want you to do this. I've jokingly told some of you before, if God had answered those prayers, I would have been married in sixth grade to my teacher, Miss Singleton, who's like in her hundreds now. And we would have had difficulty relating and having a happy life together because, you know, there's some age spans that work. I, I don't know if like 40 years apart was really ideal for us. But if God had answered that prayer, that's the way it would have gone. So sometimes he says no. He Sometimes Jesus says, you know what, no. And sometimes he says, not only am I going to say no, but I'm going to come into your life and do something disruptive, and it's going to make you really un- uncomfortable. Often a plant is hindered by a dead portion of its branches. I have a bush at my driveway, and I don't know, I think bugs got it or something. I'm not a great horticulturist. I just talk like I am. Um, but one, just one little portion of this was dying. And I thought, man, I've got I've to do something. The rest of it looks pretty healthy. So I got those shears, and I just cut out all that dead part. Um, it may be, you know, that if there's a part in your life that's sucking nutrients, you know, and, and all of this wasted emotion and everything, God says, that's not going to bear fruit. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to take that out. We're going to, some of you have had surgeries or you've had to remove something, you know. I've had several bullet wounds I've had to take out. No, I, but I have had things removed. You know, you've had things and you think, oh, well, I don't want to do that. But what's the alternative? Leave it in. So God surgically is going to come into your life sometimes and he says, this is a hindrance to you. This is going to keep you where you are. It may be a sin, a habitual, sinful, you know, pattern, lifestyle little something you've just kept for yourself, you know? You, you've said, yeah, I'm a Christian, and, and, and I want to be in Christ, and I, I've got this new identity. I want to keep this. This is kind of my favorite little thing here, and I'm just going to keep that. And God says, mm, that's not the way this works. I'm going to have to come in after it. So it could be something like that. It could be just a discipline in your life uh, that you need to accept because, you know, there are areas where we think, yeah, I'm just kind of a lazy Christian in, in that way. It could be, I want you to be open to this, it could be even something good in your life that's distracting you from something great. I see that a lot. I've experienced that. So, the gardener, (laughs) the divine gardener, will come into your life and he will begin uh, doing what you just saw me do. He'll carefully and thoughtfully uh, prune away some of those things so that you have a better opportunity to grow in Christ. Now, if an earthly gardener is interested in fruitfulness and healthy growth, and we spend so much time outside and so much energy and money, it's expensive, right? And if we would do all that, just think, what are the links that God would go through? This divine gardener, how far would he go to cultivate you? 
I mean, he's the God of the entire universe, and he's interested in you, in just you. And I think, oh, God, I'm just, I was reading this uh, kind of a, sort of a science fiction book recently, you know, and uh, uh, just how big the, the universe, I just, I thought, I started looking at that and thought, wow, I'm just this little speck, but you love me so passionately, and you're just, you're just, you care about me with such intensity. When talking about pruning, less can be more. That's what Hebrews 12, 1 talks about. You know, the pruning that God does in our life, I, I really, really, really want you to understand this. It's not because he's mad at you. It's not because God is angry with you. I spent the first half of my life, I think, walking around believing that God was watching me because he's mad at me. You know, yeah, he loves me. He's kind of got to love me because he's God, but he doesn't like me, and he's, angry, and he's waiting for me to mess up so that he can judge me. He's just kind of ready. Some of you parent that way. You know? Some of you have, you know, I'm this, I have this little bit of a relationship with my dog, and sometimes there's this behavior she has, and she starts to look like, and she'll check me out, and I go, mm-hmm, I see you. I'm watching you. And I'm like God to her, you know. And, I th- and we think that way, but God's not like that. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. And he doesn't want to punish you. He's already punished your sin on the cross. That's done. It's just the opposite. According to Hebrews, there's a race that's been marked out for us. And the result in that is a heavenly prize. And in order to run that race well, we have to remove those things that are going to disqualify us or hinder us from crossing the finish line. Here's what the scripture says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance, with hupomone. Let us bear up the race that is set before us. Now, as I was in high school, I liked running track. I was a sprinter, incredibly fast. Uh, a lot of you still, my nickname was Lightning. Um, that's, <laughs> I told my grandsons that, and the older one told the other one, he goes, I don't think that's true. You don't have to believe it. <laughs> I said, well, the only truth to it is that I did run track. And I like just these particular events, outdoor track. But to run outdoor, you had to run indoor, you know, to get in shape. Now, to get in shape for indoor, you had to run cross country. And I think, I hate cross country. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I ran with this friend named Greg, and he would just go, Vroom. He, his legs would just, he'd take one step. And I'm like a hobbit running beside him. Here I come, here I come. I think, I'm running twice as much as you. But you had to do that to do this. Now, our cross-country coach, he, he would set us a route, and he would say, okay, we're going to start at the high school, and you're going to run to the stadium. You're going to run to this place. Then he would drive ahead, and he would hide behind dumpsters. He would hide behind trees, and then he would just step out. Like, if you're trying to take a shortcut, and you think, man, we could cut through this playground, and we wouldn't have to do that. Oh, no, he's already thought ahead of you. He's figured that out. 
And all of a sudden, this voice comes out of nowhere. Pick it up, Riley. Pick it up. What are you doing? Where are you going? I go, where is he? You know? And back on, back on. God does that sometimes, and I thank him for that. There's times I think, well, I wish you wouldn't do that. But he does. He goes, it's because if you cut corners and you cheat and you, and you do that, you're not going to be ready when the race comes. So it's not always easy. It's not a comfortable process. But in the end, as these things are removed that were never healthy for us, we find something more from life that we could have never found without the pruning. You've got to trust Him. You've got to trust Him. Now, have you ever had to give up something or someone or leave something behind? In your pursuit of discipleship. Have you ever had to do that? God may bring the memory of that loss and that pain back to you and say, okay, before you're ready to take the next step, just remember, it it might hurt a little. But it's worth it. But it's worth it. A healthy connection to the vine will produce good fruit. That's what John says in verse 4 and 5. A Christian is someone whose, whose vibrancy, our connection, our strength comes by living when we're hooked up with Jesus. When we're in connection, when we're in sync with Him. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and I almost left this out because I thought, well, it's almost cliche, it would be a little... You know, everybody think, oh, of course he's going to go there because it fits. But it does. It just fits. Listen to this when, when Paul speaks about the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, and against those things, there is no law. Now, if I were ready to hire a new employee at my company and I knew that this person who's a potential candidate you know, knew somebody that already worked for our company, and I said, they've known them for a long time. They've got an inside track. And so I called them over at lunch and I said, hey, just give me a heads up. What, what is she really like? What is she like? Before we pull the trigger and hire this person. And if that person were to say, well, you know, it's one of those people, uh, she's just so full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You know, that, that's what she's like. Now, I don't know anything about her skill, her competency, but I already want to hire her. <laughs> you know, because of those characteristics, those attributes. Maybe somebody you see and you think, wow, they're kind of cute. I'd kind of like to go out with them, but I don't know what they're... And so you, you pull a friend aside, or you, know, you, you snap somebody, you, tell, you say, hey, what are they really like? I mean, they're real cute. I'm starting to kind of flirt with them a little bit. Oh, I don't know. You know, he's, he's just... So, I'll tell you what he's like in real life. At the end of the day, he's full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control. And you're thinking... I don't want to date him. I want to marry him. You know, you think you find somebody like that and you don't know anything else about him. 
These are attributes you want in, in your life. These are areas that most every believer has a desire to grow in. And the only way that these fruits are able to grow day to day in, in, in our lives is for us to remain connected to Jesus through personal surrender, through faithfulness. It's, it's like those are the valves you know, that open up and, and this pipeline of grace just flows through my life. God's like, I just want to love you. I just want to show you grace. And we think, and I want to, I'm closed off to that. I want to stop that. Because I'm holding on to some little insignificant nothing kind of thing over here. Remain in him through adversity, through trials and hardships and all those things. Don't let any of those circumstances try to pull you away. Because they will. We're connected to the vine. And remember, apart from him, you can do nothing. Trust me, I've tried to cut him out of my life or to ignore him or to push him out. And I think, this isn't working. This isn't working. My best ideas are not so great. Just get reconnected to Jesus. Spiritual growth does not and cannot happen by accident. You need to be intentional. You know, I can't just look at it at my landscape. And I can't look at it, you know, these, these flower beds and say, yeah, that'll be all right. I just let it go. I mean, I'm looking at the woods behind my house, and I think that's what happens when you just let it go. It just goes wild. And all the bad stuff grows up. You know, God says, look, I'm just, I want to work in you. Make something beautiful. And it's a process. Christian life is a process. We enter into this when the seed of the gospel is planted, and we open our lives up to the Lord. And it's absolutely true. <laughs> We are in Christ, uh, and God loves us just as we are. I listened to that the other night, and I looked up the lyrics and the story behind it because I thought, wow, what a beautiful old song. And I was just singing it, you know, one night, and I thought, I want to know more about that. It's true. God really does love you just like you are, but it's equally true. He doesn't want you to stay just like you are. He doesn't want you to stay that way. So here's how we're going to finish today. I'm going to ask you three questions. And then we're going to give you just a moment to be able to, to kind of process that and to answer those honestly. You don't have to make a big show of that or anything. But in a couple of minutes when we sing, if you want to, you know, to, to use these steps as a place to pray or just where you are. Or you think, you know what, I'm going to need more time. I'm going to need to leave here and, and go and, and do this over the next day or two. I understand. I get that. I get that. Uh, here are the questions. What are some specific areas of your life that could use some pruning to allow for healthy growth to happen? Question two. Where are some places that need to be completely just lopped off for future growth. Maybe time to say goodbye. Third question. Are there times in your past that you now recognize that was God pruning you 
in order for healthy growth to occur. This may have triggered a memory for some of you, and you go, oh, and I was so mad at God when that was going on, but now I see if he had not done that, oh, this would have unfolded in all kinds of bad ways. And today may be a day to say, God, I just want to thank you. I want to say I'm so sorry for pushing against you when you were pruning me. I didn't like it, but today I see what you were doing. And I just want to pause and I want to thank you for that. I want to give you praise. Not just for all the good things that happened, not just for the promotions and the, you know, the relationships and all of that, the provision. God, I want to thank you for those hard days when I couldn't see you very well. But you were there. You were there. Trust. God knows what he's doing. And even though this this process of pruning can be painful, it will be fruitful in your life. I promise. Would you stand, please? Let's take time to process and to pray through the things that just need pruning in your life and give God some space to create that conviction, you know, of the Lord uh, and for that to set in and then for you to take the next step.